Shall we stand and pray? Loving Father, we thank you for loving us. We thank you for the privilege and the opportunity that we have to worship you, to serve you, to inquire of you, to be strengthened in our faith. We thank you for we gather in your name. We thank you for all that you are doing for us. Even this venture on Thicker Road, Lord, the expansion of Sitam towards that region, we pray that you will bless the expansion, that you will bless the venture, that, Lord, as we build a foundation for it, you will receive all the honor and the glory, for you have people in that region that you'd want to bring into the kingdom. We pray that our going there would not be in vain, and we pray for the pastors going there. We pray for those that will be initiating or being pioneers of that program, we pray that you'll be with them and that that venture will bear fruit and much fruit. Thank you for your faithfulness. You've been faithful in the past and as we look to you for the future, we know that you will do beyond what we think or ask. We thank you for the faithful giving of your people. We pray that you'll bless the gifts, bless the work and the budgets for this year. Lord, we have a deficit and we pray that, Lord, as we trust you, you will do much more. That, Lord, we shall lack no good thing as we embark on these projects that you will supply all our needs. We thank you and we honor you. Now, as we sit at your feet, we pray that you will be glorified, you will give us attentive ears, and that, Lord, we will be doers of your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated, please. Now, Pastor, Pastor Ken wants me to introduce the speaker. Uh, the speaker has been my girlfriend for the last 33 years. She converted into a wife the last 31 years. She became a mother for the last 28 years. That's no mean achievement. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, Mrs. Adoyo. If you've just been hearing her on the radio, you will hear her now live. Praise the beautiful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Give me a wave in the air. Hallelujah. Glory be to him. Thank you. Thank you for coming and being in church. You know, if you are not there, the preacher would have to preach on de to desks and that wouldn't, uh, to benches rather. So thank you for coming. And thank you, Pastor Ken, for inviting me. And thank you, my one and only husband, for the last this many years that you have said. The theme for the year, as you can see, is keeping step with the Holy Spirit. The purpose of our gathering every Sunday morning and afternoon, like in this case, is so that we are not out of step. And this year, I want to call on you that you may not be left behind. You keep in step with the Holy Spirit. 
We have therefore in that regard been looking at the Christian disciplines or the spiritual disciplines of a Christian life. Disciplines that you as a Christian ought to be practicing without coercing, without being uh, persuaded and uh, uh, asked to do again and again. And so we bring this to you as, uh, as a reminder, really, and to help us, those of us who may not know, to come on board for that. And so this month of January, we've been looking at the celebration of Christian disciplines. And the first Sunday, the fourth, Pastor Ken introduced the whole uh, uh, theme and everything. But on the 11th, just before the week of prayer and fasting, he dealt with a topic. And those of you who are in the house, what was the topic? Prayer and fasting. That is a discipline. And that if you call yourself a Christian, you call yourself uh, that you belong to Christ. It is important that in your weekly, daily, monthly, whatnot, that you have a regular time of doing what? Praying and fasting. Please don't wait till the pastor calls on you. That's when you pray and fast. No. Make it a regular something. Are you understanding me, please? That, eh, the yes is a bit weak. Are you understanding me? That's it. That we make, we be those Christians that will seek God. And then secondly, last week, Pastor Robin dealt with which topic? Studying the word or just even reading the word. Memorizing the word. It is all about the word. And this afternoon, my dear friends, I would like to add discipline number three. And that is the discipline of giving. The discipline of doing what? Giving. Some of you are not answering, so I don't know whether you don't want to give right away. But it is a discipline of what? Please, church. You know, because it's getting hot. Even though you may have slept in, people are likely to doze. So I want to interact. Are we together? That we are going to look at the topic of giving. But just so that we are all on the same page, we would like to know what do you mean by discipline? Is it a, a child in school who has misbehaved is discipline? Is it, what is discipline? And we are saying discipline is a cause of training. It's a cause of being taught, of learning. It is something that you, you are not born with it. It's not a natural occurrence. It's something that you learn. You take time in. And so these things, be it prayer and fasting, be it reading the word, be it giving, and there are others. They go to say that they are not easy to come by. You have to work at it. And I want to believe that we are going to try and endeavor to do that so that we are what? In step with the Holy Spirit and what the Holy Spirit is doing. Paul, writing to Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter number 4 and verse number 7 he said that the purpose of discipline was for uh, Timothy to become godly. The purpose of discipline is for godliness. If you desire, my friend, I believe you've not come to church to waste your time. I'm sure you had better things you could be doing, but you chose to be here. Why? So that you can become more godly. You can be taught and learn and train and become more Godly. Paul himself also writing in the first letter of Corinthians, 
chapter number 9 i believe chapter number 9 at verse 27 he said this he said i discipline my body his life was one of disciplining what his life was one of learning and putting in practice and working at it so we are saying the topic being giving is it's going to come with the work we are going to have to put effort into it he said the man of god he said i exercise my body i train my body i discipline my body this morning i would like this afternoon i would like to submit to us that the lord is calling us to be disciplined in giving and you know what giving to who you ask giving to who and because the topic can be very wide we are not going to talk about giving to the poor which you should giving to the aliens which you should giving to orphans which you should those who are needy in our society but we won't deal with that we want to deal with giving to god i say giving to god why god and give him what think about it give god what god doesn't lack so what can we give and be it the poor you can give time if it is what you can give money and god too asks you for money so this topic of giving is going to be on money and it's going to be giving to god the others will deal with another time maybe but we are talking about giving to god and giving our money giving our substance why god why give god are you imagining god is poor are you imagining he's so rich that you shouldn't bother to give him anyway because he's rich why god because god is the greatest giver of them all of all of us god is the greatest giver my friend even as you sit there even as you woke up this morning you know that what you are you are 20 years old you are 28 years old you are 48 you are whatever age god has given you this life think about it there is nothing you can really do to make yourself live on this planet earth except god does it that is why we need to give to him also the intellect that you have the good job that you are having the car you're driving the home you are living in what whatever you, the good looks that you have all that imagine it is god who's given you there's nowhere you purchase beauty there's nowhere you can go and say ongeza some intellect in my head i'm uh, have a short for no place god has given you and my friend therefore the giving the discipline of giving to god this morning is for us to pay attention to i was reading another book as i was preparing and the other book was saying mm, tithing or giving to god or offering it's not quite in the bible plus it's not even in the new testament plus jesus didn't even talk about it and even the great apostle paul never talked about tithe that's not so and maybe you're in that school of thought 
thinking tithe is just being pushed because churches these days want money. Listen, there may be churches who want money, but there is a church that wants people to be equipped with the word of God. What the word says is what we'll preach. We'll not preach what the air around is preaching around. We preach that giving is good and giving to God is best of all. Plus, God, the Bible says, for God so loved, what? The world that he gave. That he gave, my friend. And he didn't give second rate something. He gave his only begotten son. So how can you outgive him? How can you grudgingly give? How can you debate on whether to give? It also says in Romans chapter number 8 and verse 32, the word says, He who did not spare his own what? Son. But he did what? Gave him for us all. How will he, friends, how will he not therefore give us all things to enjoy? So if somebody has done such wonderful thing, things for you, why would you debate? So the topic is giving and particularly on tithes and offering. Tithes and offering. I know some of you maybe are even put off and you're saying, oh, I wish I, I had purpose to go to Baptist. I don't know what landed me here. But somehow you're here, my friend. Somehow you're here. And this is a topic particularly specified, tailor-made for you. Choir. Why are you meaning not to be in the choir today? This is for you. This is for you. Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, in verse 35, and somebody must be saying, Jesus said in Acts chapter 20, Jesus wasn't there. It's there. Acts chapter number 20 and verse 35. The Bible says that it is more blessed to give than to do what? Than to receive. But what? Many of us seated here plus me. Huh? Plus myself. We would rather receive than do what? Give. Listen. People of God in the house on this 25th day of January. The Lord is saying it is more blessed to give. You have, not, you have been close-fisted. Some American lady, black American lady told me, she said, I find Kenyans close-fisted. And I thought, oh, that's a sad observation. A sad observation. Well, we are saying we are giving and giving to the giver. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So we are looking at tithes and offerings. And a tithe is 10% of your income. I know it's obvious. I know you're saying, oh, Mrs. Adoya, that we know. Yes, I know. But we are here to remind each other. And to say it's one thing to know, it's another to do what? To practice. 10% of your income. And the Bible says, my friend, the Bible says that 10% belongs to God. I didn't hear an amen. <laughs> you are all saying, oh. <laughs> 10% belongs to the Lord. You find that in Leviticus, the book many of us wouldn't bother to open. But Leviticus, chapter number what? 27 and verse number 30. You can check now. It says, tithes belong to the Lord. And this tithes is not part, 10%, not 9%. And on Friday, 
I needed to give some money. This gone Friday, two days ago. I needed to give some money to some sister, two sisters. And one sister is not in the country. The other one is in the country in Nairobi. So I called somebody from the office and I told them, send this money to sister so and so. And in that money, I put the money of the sister who was receiving and the money of the sister who is out of the country. Tell me, this money was received by this sister here in Nairobi. Is she supposed to take the money of the sister out of the country and make it her own? Answer me, is she supposed to make it her own? This is exactly the same thing. You get your salary, you get your income, wherever you get it from, 10% of that, my friend, is not what? Yours. Let's settle it, please. Let's settle it. Some of us are busy arguing and saying, all right, Mrs. Adoya, I hear you. But uh, I am wondering whether I should pay gross or net. <laughs> Trying to split hairs. I want to answer that once and for all, gross. Gross is what you give, because otherwise we will be deducting even our transport and deducting even the other and the other until we are left with 2,000 and then pay 2,000. When we've earned how much? 50,000. My friends, tithes are to be paid to the Lord 10%. What about offerings? What is offerings? It is over and above the tithe. The tithe has been specified as in 10%. But offering is as you will. If you decide to give five shillings, if you decide to give 200 shillings, if you decide to give a thousand, that's completely up to you. But, but Deuteronomy chapter number 16 and verse number 16, very simple to remember. Deuteronomy 16 and 16, the Bible tells me that do not appear. Hear this. Don't appear before the Lord, what? Empty-handed. I ask you this morning, for real, this afternoon, I ask you, did you come empty-handed? Do not appear before the Lord empty-handed. And somebody is there saying, Mrs. Adair, you don't know my case. My case is different. I have bills and bills and bills from last year. School fees and the lot and the lot and the lot. I don't, the Bible says don't appear. It is better you come even with one shilling than to actually let that offering bag go by. Are we getting it, please? And we are settling it because it's the word of God. And this is what God wants to do in this discipline to enrich us and to cause us to be those people that can be indeed godly as, the, as we've been told. Like other disciplines, tithing does not come naturally. It's not something that will come easily. It's something that you must work at. So I invite all of us, as the message continues, that you settle it within yourself, that it's not easy. I have been, I've been uh, erratic. I've been on and off. I've been giving here and not giving there. I've been having reasons why my mom was sick and so I did not give. This year... My friend, ending of January, and today is the 25th, so we have six more days in this month before we earn. Let it be settled in our midst, in our lives, in our accounts, that we are going to give our tithes. 
And you're saying, but I have not given from July last year. Let's forget that. And let's start now. And be what? Consistent. Be up with it. Because the Lord has something that he wants to do with every last one of us in this year. As long as we obey him, as long as we follow these disciplines that are being brought to us, and we are saying, I will do this, I will put in practice, I will, I will, I will endeavor to do. My friend, you are going to see a different year from other years. How did tithing start? Where is it? Where did it begin? Is it in the Old Testament and where? Abraham, the man, the friend of God, was the first person that ever gave a tithe. You find that, and I would like you to be checking these verses, just in case some of those verses that don't exist, and people go writing them and can't find them later on. But check with me, please. From Genesis chapter 14 and verse number 20. The Bible says that Abraham gave a tithe, all the tithe, all the tithe, not most, not many of the tithe, but all the tithe. Abraham was the first man recorded in scripture in Genesis chapter 14 and verse 20 that he gave the tithe. And I would like to give us, to furnish us with how that came about. How did he end up giving a tithe? Nobody preached to him. Nobody coerced him. He just gave a tithe. Listen, listen. Tithing, giving to God, is always out of gratitude, out of gratefulness to what he has done. My friend, I have people in the house that have no background to look to. But somehow God has weaved you through. And you are now the CEO. You are now the this and the other. You are a professor. You hold your masters. You have this. My friend, the favor of God is upon you. Nothing to show, to brag about. You can't say somebody was there that helped you. But somehow God did. Abraham gave 10%. And you know what? The setting was this. The man of God, the friend of God, Abraham, had a nephew by the name Lot. And I know the story most of us know. Lot lived in some place, Sodom. And Abraham lived at some other part. And one day there was a war. There was a fight on Sodom. And five or so kings came to fight against Sodom. And the, the fight was so fierce. And of course, Sodom and the people were carried off by these kings. Word, you find that same story in Genesis chapter 14. And word came to Abraham and said, you know what, gentlemen? Your nephew has been taken and has gone and has gone. You need to do something. The Bible says that Abraham mobilized his servants, about 300 of them, together with himself. And they went to fight these many five kings. My friend, my friend, the Abraham came back victorious, having retrieved all that had been taken. The people and the livestock and the rest that had been taken. He came back with everything, says the scripture. You know, my friend, 
as Abraham looked and he realized actually five big powers had been defeated by him. He had retrieved and come back with everything, people and things. At that point, when he was looking, and I want to say there is a man, I want to say there is a woman in the house, and you're looking and you're saying, this, I have this, I have this car, is mine. I have been promoted. The beginning of this year, I'm seeing good things. Abraham was in that state, and he was looking, and he was just mesmerized by this victory. Suddenly, verse number 18 of Genesis 14. Suddenly, the Bible says, a man, my friend, a man appeared in this victory, in this success around him. A man appeared. And a man appeared and he said, I have brought you bread and wine. I have brought you lunch. I have brought you dinner. I have brought you, call it what you want, but I have brought you bread and I've brought you wine. The name of the man is called Melchizedek. You read that in those verses, verse 18 and 19. Melchizedek gave Abraham, after that victory and working hard, bread and wine. It is at that time, and I want you to hear me, it is at that time that Abraham connected with the Holy Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God in step with him as he was in step with the Holy Spirit. Opened his mind and he realized that all that has taken place, this victory here, it's actually not been me. It's not been me. There's no way a man like me, not a king with an army, but with my servants, there is no way I could have done this victory. And out of that, the man of God thinks quickly and he takes 10% of everything that he had and he gave to the man Melchizedek. He gave his tithe. My friend, he gave his tithe because he knew. And I want you to know this. Because sometimes these names are big and you kind of think, oh, Melchizedek. Listen, Melchizedek is the Jesus Christ of today. Melchizedek, it did not say it was Jesus Christ. But it says, you read that in Hebrews chapter number 7. The details of Melchizedek is there. And Melchizedek neither had a mother nor a father. He had no home, he had no beginning, he had no end. And that was Jesus Christ the Lord. My friend, this afternoon I submit to us that Jesus Christ is here in your situation. And he wants your obedience. He wants you to do as he has said in the script. And when you do that, my friend, listen to this. God always blesses obedience. As you're listening and you're saying, Mrs. Adoyo, Without any further ado, I am making up my mind. I want to speak to a couple. I want to speak to a husband and wife. And for so long, it's been on, off, push and pull. Should we give? No, we shouldn't give. No, let's deduct. No. And sometimes you lose tempers because of giving to the giver. 
of, of giving to the one who causes you to wake up to go to work. And one who has given you the intelligence to be a lawyer and now you want to challenge him, learn it, friend. <laughs> Abraham realized that he needed to give something of gratitude. People, tithe is because of gratitude. It's because I see, I look and I see not everybody's in this position to do what I'm doing, but you have opened my eyes that I can give you. My friend, maybe you come to this church, I want to submit to us. Maybe you come to this church and something has told you this is a church that is rich. They call it a rich church. What will my, you know, 5,000 salary do? In other words, 500 tithe. What can it do? I will just not give. No, my friend. No, my friend. The widow and her might would speak to us. She brought in so little, but she received the commendation from the master. So it is not about the volume. We are not here teaching volume. We are teaching the principle. The principle is that whatever you earn, my friend, 10% is not thine. You submit it, and then, you know, I, I, I wish I had time. I was going to answer some questions, but let me just say, there's somebody who is saying, I earn so little, and, uh, and uh, there's some other people who are earning more. Is it not okay for me to give to another church, to a smaller church? No. The Bible says that tithe comes into the storehouse. Turn with me, please, to the book of Malachi. And everybody knows that the book of Malachi is in which part of the Bible? The Old Testament. Which part of the Old Testament? The last part. So we are there by now. Malachi, chapter number 3. We are looking at verse 8 up till verse 9. The book of Malachi. We want to see what the Lord, what the scripture says there. It says this, Malachi chapter number 3. I'm reading verse number 8 up till verse 12. And the word of God says, will a man rob God? If you are there, please say amen. Because I see pages are still turning. All right? Will a man rob God? Yet you have done what? No, I want to hear, please. Yet you have done what? Yes. I remember my husband preached on this text some years back and he said, in the house of God, they are what? Oh, yeah. In the house of the Lord today, they are what? But today, we are deregistering ourselves from being what? Robbers. And we are becoming saints of the Almighty. Yes. We are not going to walk around condemning so and so for taking their march and swindling and corruption. We are the high class ones. <laughs> Robbers. And we come wearing a pious face. We are reading on and we are saying, but you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and tithes and offerings. Verse number nine. You are what? I want to hear you are what? With a what? Yeah. Huh? Some of you call and you say, am I cursed? Yes, if you are not tithing, you are cursed. So don't bother to ask. This is the scripture, the word of God. Some of you may be getting upset with me and saying, that woman, damn, she's... <laughs> no. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this 
whole nation, imagine the whole of Kenya, it's going beyond you. It has infiltrated into all kinds of sectors and places until the Lord says this whole nation. Because, please, if people in the church can rob, how much more those out of their church? They will do worse, isn't it? Verse number 10. Bring all the tithes into the what? Into the storehouse. That there may be food in my house. And try me now and say the Lord, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessings that there will not be room enough to receive it. 11. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes so that he will not destroy the fruit of, the, of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Why should every Christian tithe? I want to give you four reasons. Why should every Christian tithe? And you are in the church. So you are a Christian. You are seated here so you are understanding you are a follower of Christ. Why should every Christian tithe? Number one, it is biblical. It is in the Bible. The verse we've just read has told us that Malachi 3, 8 to 12. Number two, why should every Christian tithe so that the work of the Lord on earth may go on? The mission work of the Lord, winning people to the Lord, sending missionaries will take place. The work of the Lord may go on. You find that, and I want us to turn to it, Romans chapter number 10. Please stand there with me. Romans chapter number 10. I am reading verse 14. To 17 because I want us to understand that nobody is Pastor Nelly will not fly on wings of an eagle to go to Massabit with missionaries there. It is because of your tithe that she can go. Is, is that not so, madam? That's it. That's it. <laughs> Romans chapter number 10 and we are reading from number four, verse 14. The word of God says, Romans chapter 10 Verse number 14 to 17. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they ascend? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed our report? Verse 17. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Second reason why every Christian should uh, tithe is so that the work of the Lord may be done out there. My friend, people have not heard about Jesus. And as you give, please give with that passion for the people. There's somebody lost and your 100 shillings will top up somebody to go to Garissa, to go to Masabit, to go to wherever else you want to think of. Number three, reason number three why every Christian ought to give tithe. For what it will do, you give tithe, every Christian should give tithe for what it will do for God in heaven. 
You give because of what it does to God in heaven. Listen. Giving to God brings him great delight. Just that act of obedience brings him great delight. My friend, I like to please this man of mine for the last 30 years. I like to please him. I like to cook him food. He likes ugali and he likes merenda. You know my story about merenda, isn't it? I don't quite like it, but he likes it. So I will do everything possible to go to Gikomba or Kawangware or some place to try and get Miranda. I like to get him happy. But you know what? Greater than that is to bring joy and delight to the Lord God himself. I will endeavor. I may fail him. But for God, I will endeavor to, de to bring delight by obeying what he tells me to do. So my friend, as you pay that tithe, imagine God in heaven smiles and says, thank you, son. Thank you, daughter. I appreciate that. I appreciate your obedience to that that you have done. Number four, why every Christian ought to give tithe is because of what it will do for you. Because of what it will do for you. Of course, many of us would like what it will do for us to be the primary reason. But I want to announce to us that we give tithe to God because it is right. Not just because of what it will do for us. But even then, it will do something for us. It will do two things for us. Number one, it will bring spiritual emancipation. Spiritual freedom. My friend, when you learn the secret of giving to God, I don't know about giving to others, but giving to God, there is a release in the spirit. There is a bounce. When you walk around, you know that you owe nobody anything, and indeed, not even God himself. You are a free woman, a free man. Every time I walk the streets of Nairobi, I don't go downtown many times, but when I do, I walk with much confidence because I know that heaven is delighted with me, point number three. And then also, heaven is giving me that freedom, not an inhibition, not a restriction. There is a release, a freedom, a joy, a bounce. My friend, that is for you. It is for you. Second thing, that being spiritual, he also your sacrifice, your giving of your tithe, you also benefit materially. That Malachi 3 talked about verse number 10 and 11. It talked about how the Lord will rebuke the devourer. My friend, things have been going wrong. I, I must tell you, things have been going wrong in your life. You don't have to tell me. that discipline of tithing will help you. But I want to quickly say this. I want you to adopt the mentality of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That they said, God will protect us. In fact, God will protect us. But Mr. Nebuchadnezzar, should he not, should he choose not to? We are not bowing. We are not bowing. This is the mentality that you ought to have. 
that God is going to do great things for you. He will send the devourer flying. But should he not, you are still paying your, giving your time. You are still saying, Father, this one came in my past, but it's yours. It's supposed to pass on. And you pass it on to the Lord. Work in Christ is the answer ministries. Work in wherever church, if you are a visitor and you don't belong to this communion, wherever you are, the work of the Lord should move on. It should never stall because we have not given. The Lord will rebuke the devourer for you and things will turn out great and good for you. Listen to this. Listen to this. My friends, this whole Bible, 66 books, there is but one place my friends, Malachi chapter 3. There is but one place where the Lord God Almighty, he says, prove me. He says, prove me. And I dare challenge us this morning. And I say, he says, prove him. And I second and I say, let us prove him. And come here to tell us I tithed. And this is the misery I have been in for the rest of my life. We would want that to go in the Guinness Book of Life. The word of God is true. He says, try me. Just in case you think Mrs. Adoyo is yapping on about nothing, just try me, me and you, God and you. My friend, where in the scriptures, where? Which, which even Obama to tell you, try me. The Lord Almighty himself, he says, try me. Please, people, let's try God. Let's go ahead and give and say, let's see what happens. Let's see if the thing will collapse. Let's see if my children will not go to school. Let's see if I'll be thrown out. I will give my tithe. But I'm telling you with the mentality of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, saying that according to Numbers chapter number 23, verse 19, the word of God says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither a son of man that he should repent. He does not apologize for what he has documented over the years. My friends, God is calling on you for your own benefit. For his benefit, yes, but for your own benefit too. God is saying, come, give me, commit yourself to me. Obedience will be blessed. I will bless your obedience. A man has said, somebody has said, every time, hear this, every time I've taken up the project of giving, and this one we can even say, giving to God. Every time I've taken up the project of giving, God has taken up the project of giving back. You can never outgive God, my friend. And you're saying, ah, oh, Mrs. Adoya, I'm in form three. I only get pocket money. My mom is struggling. She gives me just 200. 200, how much belongs to God? 20, please. Let's drop that in the offering bag. If you're saying, oh, I'm just a house girl, and in fact, I came with much problems from home. So this salary of mine in January, I was hoping to buy at least a shoe, for I don't have a shoe. And I earn this boss of mine. I'm earning 2,500. How much belongs to the Lord? My friends, my friends, God honors obedience. God blesses obedience. 
some questions. Some people will say, should I tithe gross? I already answered you that gross or net, it should be gross. Why should I tithe when my actual tithe is so small? I've answered that. Small, big, give it in. Another question. Is the storehouse always the church? Yes. The storehouse is always the church where you go. It is not your upcountry home. Every end of the month, the, mon the money is going and you are here, no? If you go there for Christmas and you want, because you'll be there for the month of Christmas, give the December month. But you give in the storehouse. Can I give 9.5%? Please endeavor to give 10%. If possible, 11%. Or even 15%. Over and above. Because the more you give, the more you get back, as we have seen. And, and so on. There are many other questions that I, I've got here. But that just goes to help you. To say that the Lord. I was waiting on the Lord quite a bit this week. I had time to do that. And I thank God for, us, for that. And I want to say this to you as I finish, my friends. The Lord said he wants to start afresh with people in the house this morning. He wants to do something new. I know you've had that in the year. But this comes with a difference. That as far as giving to him is concerned, he is saying he wants to start afresh. So you stopped in July. You stopped in September. Forget about that. We are starting end of this month. And we are saying 10% is going into the house and the blessing of the Lord. According to that book of Malachi, you will not be able to contain it. Thus says the Lord. Please rise on your feet. We have heard, we have listened, and we've heard. But you know, all that I have said is meaningless if you have not yet received the gift that God gave as his one and only begotten son. If you are in this house, if you are in this sanctuary, in this assembly, and you have never received Christ as your personal savior, and you are saying, I, I hear you, Mrs. Adoyo. I'll be giving my tithe. My friend, there is no account upon which God will credit your tithe. Because it starts by you inviting Jesus Christ of Nazareth into your life. And thereafter, you start walking with him in the disciplines of fasting, reading the word, and giving. I want us to bow down. And I want us to think seriously because I do not know whether we will gather here next Sunday. I do not know whether you will gather here next Sunday. I do not know whether I will gather here this Sunday. Because time goes by without our knowing. I want to say if you are here and you don't know Jesus. As your personal savior, you have never accepted him. I want you to lift your right hand up. Because I sense that there isn't much time for you. I sense there isn't much time for me either. And God is saying, you accept my son before, you accept, before I accept your gift to me, your tithe to me. I want your hand to go up. All of us are thinking about ourselves. We are thinking about our issues. We are thinking about our not being tithers. And yet, 
There's somebody who says, Mrs. Adoyo, I need Jesus. I'm seeing some hand halfway up. I don't want halfway hands. You lift your hand right up so that we can see you. And if you're a Christian, you're not looking around. You're pleading that the chains that have held people from entering the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ be broken in the name of Jesus. So you're there and you need Jesus. Please lift your hand up. I'm looking upstairs. I'm looking in the balcony and I'm saying you are there and you have not. Thank you. Thank you, my sister. Thank you. Somebody else. There's more than one person in this place for sure. You need Jesus in your life and the beginning of this year, it couldn't be better positioned. In the name of Jesus, I'm still looking upstairs. And I'm saying thank you, gentlemen, at the back. I thank God for you. I thank God for you, my dear lady. Somebody else, we are upstairs. We are upstairs and you keep your hand right up. Right up. Thank you. Thank you, gentlemen. We give glory to God. We give glory to God. People must be born again and enter the kingdom before they can become givers. Appropriate the gifts of the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. If you are there, please lift your hand up. Downstairs. Our eyes are cast downstairs. And I'm saying if you're there and you have never accepted Jesus, you hear about him, you enjoy him, you come, but you have never. Please, your hand goes up. You shoot it up like a bullet. You put it up like a bullet so that you can be seen. You need Jesus in your life more than ever before. Desperate. I'm not seeing any hand, but I know there are people who are not born again. There is. Yes, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Praise the name of Jesus. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes, upstairs I've seen. Upstairs. But downstairs I'm looking now. I'm looking. I'm seeing one hand. I'm seeing some other hands. Thank you. Thank you, darling. Thank you. Thank you. Somebody else. You're there and you have not. Now quickly, because our time is much gone. And I know it's almost two o'clock. Please come from upstairs. Upstairs, we are a number of you. Come quickly as bold as a lion. When a lion walks, nobody can intimidate it. Come down. You lifted your hand. You want Jesus, somebody escort. If there is a nation, please escort and bring them. Somebody come to the front. There is somebody else somewhere. Please find your way and come. Yes, young lady over there, please come. In the name of Jesus Christ, we are saying this is the purpose for our gathering in the house of the Lord. Thank you, gentlemen, for coming from upstairs in the name of Jesus Christ. And as they come, I want to say, please come quickly where are you. I don't see you moving. Please come. If you're there and you're coming, yes, somebody else went through the back. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank, come quickly. And if you're there, as they come, I'll be praying for them shortly. As they come, you are there and you want God to move afresh in your tithes and offering. You are that person who has been saying that church is rich. Why should I give? You are one of those who's been having quarrels with your wife and your husband because you don't know whether to give the gross or whatnot. You want to give to which church, which missionary, which what? Listen, God is saying, Melchizedek has appeared to you. Melchizedek is here, Jesus Christ. He is here, and if you want him to move, I'm going to be asking you to lift your hand up. But let me just pray for these ones so that you can go and be counseled in the name of Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to lift your hands up. As a sign of surrender, we are exchanging. We are no longer belonging to the kingdom of wickedness, but the kingdom of God. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for these people, your children that have decided to change, to come to the life giver, 
the one who said, I have come that they might have life. Heavenly Father, from today, as they appropriate their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray, God, that you may bless them, bless their lives, and cause them never to forget this day, their birthday, their spiritual birthday. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Elder Nyesio, please take them. And you are there, please, and you want God to move in your circumstance. You are making a resolution and saying, I am going to be giving my tithe. You may even not be with a job and you're saying, I don't even have a job, but I want to be giving my tithe. Somehow when that job will come, I want to be giving. You want God to move in your life. You want Melchizedek to come and pronounce a blessing over you. You want the Lord, lift up your right hand. I will include you in this prayer. You want a transformation in your tithe, tithing and giving. You are saying, I will give unreservedly. I will give not grudgingly. I will give. I will give. I can see those hands and I know there are more hands that ought to go up that are saying walk in me. I've been promoted. I've seen the blessing of God in my life and I want to appropriate to reciprocate what God has done for me. Hallelujah. Our Father and our God in the mighty blessed name of our Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth I come before you on behalf of your people. Lord, I pray that in your benevolence, you agree with what they are agreeing with you right now. Father, I pray that you may prosper your people. I pray, Lord God, that the burden of the lost would be their experience and that they would give their tithes and offering hilariously and willingly, oh God. I thank you for bringing them to hear your word. I thank you for the discipline that you are inculcating into their lives. I give you glory and I give you worship. I give you praise because we pray this believing you've heard because we ask it in Jesus' name and the saints of God said, Amen. A round of applause for the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jehovah, hallelujah.